0: I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExplorescience slash Wonder and get ready to bring Wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler, and we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Erin. And before this week's episode, I have a couple of quick announcements. First, there are only two episodes left in this season, and then we're going to take a break for the holidays. We'll be back after the new year, but Nicole has recorded some mini-episodes to bridge the gap between season three and four. These are short episodes that are coming out every Thursday called Thursday Thoughts to hold you over until the next season. Next, Nicole and I are going to have some Black Friday deals during the week of Thanksgiving. So make sure that you're subscribed to our email lists. And there is a link in the show notes to help you get subscribed. And I think that that's it. Thank you guys all so much for listening.
0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Teaching Science in 3D. My name is Nicole Van Tassel, and I explore science. And I am here with...
1: Erin Sadler from Sadler Science.
0: Awesome. And we are talking about when you can start a storyline. So we got a question from Joanna, and this was from um Erin's um, Instagram account or our Teaching Science and in 3D Instagram account. Some are yeah. Teaching Science
1: and in 3D Instagram. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, and she asked, like, when can you start a storyline? Can you start in in, in the middle of a unit? Um, so we actually we have two two approaches, and it really depends on your bandwidth, your workload, what you can handle, um, and and in terms of what direction you go with this. So where do you want to start, Erin?
1: Yeah. Um, so my initial thought was don't start it in the middle, start planning for your next unit, or maybe even a unit for next semester and start like really planning it out, laying it out, like, and do it, you know, like in your extra time so that you're not pressured to, you, you don't have that pressure of like, what am I going to do tomorrow? (laughs) Like lingering over you. Um, and because it does take a lot of time to build a good storyline and, um, and it, it it is impossible to do when you're also teaching, you know, like you can, you can build something, but it probably won't be a storyline.
0: Yeah. When you're like in the thick of teaching that topic or like in the thick of like that unit, trying to also construct it as a storyline at the same time just does not work. You don't get like the cohesiveness. You don't get the level of just interconnectedness with the phenomena, the interconnectedness with the standards as you do when you can actually take like a bird's eye view, look over everything, integrate everything and not have like the time, like you said, time crunch of, well, I also, while I'm thinking of my entire unit, I also need to figure out what I'm doing in this unit next week. Like that just doesn't work.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it just, it, it, it's just so much. And like, I don't know when I do my planning for my unit, I have sticky notes and I'm like moving them around over and over again. And like you know this thing that i thought was my investigative phenomenon eventually becomes my anchoring phenomenon or something like that and you can't do that editing when you're in the middle of it
0: no right that's true too because so much does change like you'll be halfway through and you're like wait nope i need to change this mm-hmm. you know back here um yeah so that's true and and then it doesn't it doesn't work right <laughs> like you can't you can't edit
1: that yeah and it's just um, it's really uh, confusing I, I mean i have done that like i have you know like you know, try to build something as I was going and it just didn't work out very well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whenever anyone in Isler Academy, that's like my first recommendation. Do not try to start this unit. Like do not go through the course and do the unit you're currently teaching, like pick yeah. a unit for next, you know, next yeah, months ahead or like that you've already taught that you want to rebuild and then you'll use again in the future.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Cause you do need that, that space to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, But that said, so, you know, if, if you're in the middle of a unit and you want to start working on a storyline and you have the time to think, and you're like, you know, you have free time and you like doing this and you're like, okay, I want to work on my unit for next quarter or for next semester or revamp the one I did last, you know, whatever, then, then that's awesome. You know, do that. But we also kind of were talking about how most teachers are probably not like, I have tons of free time to spend on this right now. <laughs> like, I'll be totally honest. Most of my like big storyline planning and curriculum revisions pretty much happened in the summer months. Mm-hmm. Um, At least getting the outlines done and then you can kind of fill in like, yeah, love, you know, but you have at least the big pieces done. Um, I mean, that was kind of like a summer kind of activity or, or a, you know, maybe end of the school year type of thing when it maybe got a little bit less chaotic or, or whatever. Those kind of points in the school year that were not as busy. Um, but most teachers probably are not saying, I have tons of free time. So what can you do instead? And what I've been telling teachers is to create these like simple storylines. So you don't have time to plan like a whole big unit, but you can still create a storyline approach to a few objectives at a time. So you look at your objectives for your unit and you have maybe three that really work together, go together, just support each other. Well, instead of teaching them in isolated lessons over one week or two weeks, you think of them as like a bundle and you identify a phenomenon that can tie them together. And you do the same type of thing. You tie in your exploration, your meaning making, you approach it like a storyline. So instead of having a unit storyline that might last you, I don't know, five weeks um, sometimes longer, depending on, you know, how big of a bundle it is of standards, you have a storyline that lasts one week or two weeks. And it still has all those like three dimensional approaches, the phenomenon, the exploration, the discovery, the meaning making from the students. end. Um, you have your practice and your transfer, your formative assessment, all of those things. But it's way easier to plan in like the short amount of time that teachers like realistically have right now. And, you know, it's not ideal, because it's not each of those storylines might not fit together as cohesively as if you had planned like your big unit, but it's better than what we've been doing. So it's a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah. I think that there's like a lot of like pros and cons to doing it that way. Like, especially I think that if you're like really new to this, you kind of need to play with it to see what works. And you can't like, if you write your entire unit, you know, like, and then you you know, you spend months and months and months writing this unit and then you go out and do it and you're like, oh my gosh, none of this works. These things that i worked in my head, like they just don't work. So I think that you need some experience with NGSS style storyline stuff. That's true. This way it's like you did a week and you're like, that sucked. And now I
0: know what not to do. And it was (laughs) only a week that you spent of of work and of planning, you know, you didn't plan for a week, but like, the work of planning that week versus the work of planning eight weeks that you have to like trash or totally redo. That's true. It really gives you like this practice ground when you're just starting out.
1: Yeah. And you also have the benefit of like it, if it goes terribly, you know, it's only terrible for a week and then you just like, you know, start something different. Whereas if you build a unit, sometimes I think that you have to like play it out because you really don't have an alternative and it can be yeah. like, it can really kind of ruin the, the dynamic in your classroom if it's just dragging.
0: Yeah. Like
1: the, pheno- like
0: if you're, you know, your phenomena does not fly. And I mean, you can always make changes. Like if you are in the middle of a unit and you're like, this phenomena just is not working. I mean, on one hand, sometimes you kind of have to push through, but you can also do other things to like layer in other phenomena to try to tweak, yeah. you know, tweak it enough that you can keep kids engaged. But typically you do want to still have some cohesiveness. So you do want to come back to your anchor at some point. Um, but, it, but with a simple storyline, it's like, all right, we just got to talk through this for like a week and I have to pretend I'm really into it for like another week and that it's going really well. And... Uh, and then we can just pretend that that didn't happen and we can try again next week.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that it's a really good, like starting out point. I think that, um, that it's a really good place to like play with the NGSS. Um, kind of the downside of that though, is, is that like you were talking about, like, they don't like fit together necessarily. So you will probably end up dumping part of it at least like, a lot of times you can take those act like activities that you're doing and use them like as investigative phenomenon or, you know, yeah. something like that, but you'll probably end up scrapping a lot of what you're doing. Yeah, it depends. I feel like if you
0: have, and, and this also depends, like if you have the forethought to maybe find a way that your little simple storylines, the phenomena you choose connect. So maybe in your head, if you're like, I think this might be an anchor that would work for this group of standards, mm-hmm. even though I don't have the, I don't have time to figure out all the details. Like I think I might do this. And then maybe you can choose phenomena that could connect to it. You might be able to hold on to some of those pieces, but you're right. Like there's a good chance that some of those story, like little simple storylines you're not going to be using you're not when you do develop your whole unit storyline you're not going to be able to tie all of those pieces in and you have to be okay with letting those go because you don't want to just tie something in when it doesn't connect Mm -hmm. when you're building your really cohesive storyline um but that said i mean i think for this year I, I, i do think it's better to at least do something in moving you in the in the right direction and getting you familiar like you said, just playing with it and getting you familiar with this way of learning and way of teaching and way of guiding students to their understanding. Um, But you also have to be willing to like move beyond that and, and, and know that that's not your ending point, you know, not like I'm doing all this work and making these little things and then knowing, and I'm going to hold on to those next year. Like you have to be willing to say, I'm probably going to have to, when I do, you know, create my true curriculum or my true storylines or whatever it is probably going to have to let go of some of those.
1: Yeah. And hopefully like in an ideal scenario, you would have like your team with you and all of that kind of stuff. So you're not doing it alone. Um, but also I like, I, I think that the, that the cons far outweigh, um, or the pros outweigh the cons because, um, because if you're not doing story, story storylines, what we're hearing from a lot of teachers, I think is that they're reverting to kind of their old ways or, you know, whatever, because, you know, just out of desperation and the kids are totally unengaged. They're, you know, like not into it at all. So, um, I think that, that the, the tiny storylines are a good, a, a good compromise for this year. Right. Right.
0: It, And, you know, like the thing is, I see I understand why teachers are reverting to those older activities and and all of that. But the sad thing is it's just creating more work for teachers and more like like struggle for teachers, because now you're struggling to keep the kids engaged. You're struggling to contact the parent, You're struggling to send the emails home. You're struggling to grade all that busy work because I'm sorry, like busy work just keeps everybody busy. It's not just the students busy because you have to hold the students accountable for that busy work. So now you have to go and grade all those assignments and hound down the students who didn't complete those assignments. And you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's not helping anybody. Yeah. It's, It's, it's hard because we were, we really were kind of gaining momentum in science and moving toward these like better ways of teaching. And I totally understand why, why, why we're falling back into these kind of tried methods. I don't want to say tried and true because I don't think they were working before, Um, but they were tried methods, but they're comfortable. They're familiar. They weren't working then they're for sure not working now, but I understand why we're going back to them. But ultimately I think it's just this cycle of like creating more strife and more problems and, A harder work environment. And I think we just need to rethink that and let go of that. And and I mean, I think there also is a role that administrators and schools need to play in letting go of some of the, you know, it means that we're not going to check off all of those silly facts that you made us teach for the last 50 years. But that's another conversation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We could talk about that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think that it I like w- one of my grade levels is working so well. Like I cannot tell you how well it's working and it's like virtually no work. It's like, you know, the kids are teaching each other that like um it's going super well. And then I have my seventh graders who have never really done NGSS before and they're they're having a little bit of a hard time. But I can't imagine like having both grade levels, you know, like really struggling with, you know, like engagement and, you know, like, oh gosh, I just can't even imagine what my work day would look like. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And yeah. And also like, I think um, it's important to say that if it doesn't, if it doesn't go well, there's, there's like a learning curve for you and for the students so like don't expect that they're going to just be like yay I like love all of the NGSS things um because I forget every single year how hard it is with my seventh graders and I'm you know like it it's it's almost like they're out of like like you have to get them into shape in order to (laughs) to be able to do this kind of stuff that is so true it is it's
0: yeah, it, it's not familiar to anybody and they need, they, there's pushback. Oh yeah. Pushback from students, a lot of times there's pushback from parents there. It doesn't feel right. I mean, I had even, um, somebody from the like, Explore Academy emailed me and she was actually really thrilled because she has been doing, she started last year. So this is her second year kind of using these methods. But she kind of, she mentioned like, it didn't feel right when I started, like, it felt like this wasn't, it felt like it wasn't working. It felt like my students weren't learning, but she had like really, really good um, assessment performance. And she's like, my my students were learning, like it didn't, but it didn't feel right. Right. So So. even as being on board and knowing, um, just like even her being on board with like this approach and it still just didn't feel right to her. So like knowing that you, it's not like a, whoa, everybody's so excited about this change. You know, it doesn't feel that way when you're in the middle of it. It feels good after like when you get the hang
1: of it, but I like, I always use that like exercise analogy because I think that like, um, like if I were a personal trainer and I gave all of my students like one or two pound weights, they would be able to like do whatever exercise with that all day long and, you know, be very comfortable with that, but it wouldn't necessarily get them like stronger. And so, you know, like my job is choosing the, helping them choose the correct weight where it's, it's difficult. It's having a benefit, you know, like it's, it's not, it's not always going to feel good, but it's having, you know, like a, uh, it, it's having the desired effect without being so hard that they can't even pick it up. You know what I mean? Like right. it's that like it's, have to have that support too. Yeah. Like you're not yes. just go dive yeah. off the bend and don't
0: yeah. break back.
1: Yeah. And I think that a lot of our kids are are used to that one or two pound weight and they're like they're like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> you know? like yeah. 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 That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get them
0: comfortable with the the stretch a little bit. Yeah. 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 But so, yeah, so those are the kind of, you have to decide where you are in your approach. If you have time to like actually truly plan out your storyline, or if you're just, you know, like I can't handle that, but I do want to, I do want to use this approach. I know my students need it. I know what I've been doing isn't working. Then it might be the simple storylines route might be what works for you right now for this year maybe just for this period of time um, until you can you know really truly map out a, a full storyline. And honestly I feel like even the simple getting familiar with the simple storylines approach can be beneficial um because so Nicole and not me, not me Nicole but Nicole in um, I academy she mentioned to me like understanding how storylines work after she went through the simple storylines um, program it was called NGS storylines bootcamp. Um, but the basics of it. But she went through the Simple Storylines program and then Explore Academy. Um, she's actually using like the Illinois Biology Storylines. But she said looking at them last year was so overwhelming, and she like didn't understand how they worked because at that point she hadn't had any training on Storylines or anything like that. But like going through the program and then understanding how they worked actually helped her. Like now she's using those Storylines, and she's she's able to just understand the flow of them. She's making changes where she sees fit or whatever. But even when you have like a base, like mm-hmm. another curriculum, like you don't even have to build it from scratch, but understanding that process can help you in the future if you do get a curriculum to, you know, to draw from on your own or whatever. So even yeah. if this year, if, whether you have curriculum or not, if you use simple storylines this year, you might find that still be, that expensive experimentation was valuable next year. If you do um, are able to use someone else's created curriculum.
1: Yeah. I think you bring up a good point of like, it gives you that understanding of the why and the, like the reasoning behind all of, all of that, that storyline building, because we, I don't know about you, but a lot of teachers that I'm hearing from are really disappointed with the curriculum that they've purchased. And I think a lot of that has to do with their Lack of understanding of like the NGSS basics, kind of, and you know, not saying that the curriculum is perfect by any means, right. but just like I think a lot of the things that they're looking for aren't there because that's not NGSS, you know, it's what I not mean?
0: Supposed to be there, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah,
0: like, yeah, it's not there for a reason. If it was there, we would probably be concerned, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I gotcha, yeah, so. And do you have anything else to
1: add? I don't uh, think so. I think that was good. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I talked a lot. <laughs> I think we both I mean, we always do. It's our podcast. If
0: people don't want to hear us, they probably shouldn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, awesome. So thank you so much for tuning in to Teaching Science in 3D. And we will catch you guys next week.
1: <laughs> See you guys later. Or hear you guys later. I don't know. What? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Bye. Bye. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do wanna make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning for example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D Planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D Planner.